morning everyone. Good morning. And a warm welcome to worship with Jesus and Georges and what is a cold and miserable day outside. Welcome whether you are in the building or worshiping through the medium of modern communications. Glory and honour belong to our God forever and ever. Wonder and wisdom belong to our God forever and ever. Praise and proclamation, worship and blessing belong to our God forever and ever. We worship God by standing and able to sing hymn 111, Holy, 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 and just a reminder, we keep our masks on when we're singing. So hymn 111, Holy, Holy, Holy. <coughs> we come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we have come here to this place or joined through the wonder of modern communication to worship and to praise you. As we draw near to you, Lord God, we remember how you approached your first disciples by the lake. We try to follow you as they did, captivated and in awe at being caught up in your story. We worship you, O extraordinary God, who created this world in which we live, who set the waters in place and filled them with all sorts of living creatures, who asked us to care for your world. We adore you, O extraordinary God, who came amongst us as the Son of Man, miraculous in your birth, miracles marking your passage through this world, casting your nets to draw us in and drawing out the extraordinary in us. We adore you, O extraordinary God, who sent your spirit to fill us, comfort, strengthen, and empower us as we seek to follow you. We praise and adore you. Lord God, we hear you call. 
And yet sometimes we turn a deaf ear. Sometimes your call is unheard because of the clamor of the world. Lord, help us to hear your call. Whom shall I send? And help us to respond. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Hear us now as we pray in Jesus' words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to do things just a wee bit different this morning. We're going to sing before I come and talk to you boys and girls. We're going to sing the chorus, I will make you fishers of men. And I forgot to look up the number of this in here. It's number eight, thank you, in the blue book. I will make you fishers of men. And if you know the actions, we'll do the actions, okay? So we're going to sing, I will make you fishers of men. what's in the bag today will we oh who wants to have a wee look oh let Miller have a look <laughs> pull out pull out Miller oh you're going right to the bottom what's right at the bottom you don't feel anything You've seen a fish? Oh, is it slippery? Is it slithery? It's falling out your hand. Oh, a fish. What else is in there? Come on, Ben and Fraser, when you go, pull out. What else? Oh, you don't, okay, you're hunting for fish? Fair enough. You're going fishing. What else is in? Another fish. Is there anything else in there? What's that? Green stuff. I'll pull it out. What is it? A, what? It's a net, isn't it? Why have I brought a fish and net? What have we just sung about? I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Do you know, I remember singing that song when I was your age at Sunday school. And that was a long time ago. But I wonder if we can tell the grown-ups why we sing that song. So who's it about? A fisherman. A fisherman. Mm -hmm. And where were the fishermen? Where do you think they would be? The, where do you go fishing? In a lake. Right, spot on. So they were on the shore of the lake and they had their nets with them and their boats were there and somebody came along. Who do you think maybe came along and spoke to them? Jesus came along and spoke to them. So, there were men, fishermen, and Jesus came and spoke to them. And do you know, that night, they had worked so hard, they'd been out all night in the dark and the cold, fishing. And do you know what they caught? <coughs> nothing. Nothing at all. So do you know what happened next? 
Jesus sent them back out to fish. And do you know what they caught? Fish. They caught lots and lots and lots of fish. And the fishermen, how do you think they felt? Happy. Happy, yeah. They were amazed. They were really delighted. They were proud. And they realized that Jesus was a very special person, that he was God's son. And do you know what the fishermen decided? What did they decide to do? What did we sing about in our song? To pray and to read their Bible and to do something else. Read your Bible, pray every day. What was the first bit? Follow me. Ah, oh, they followed him, didn't they? They wanted to be Jesus' friends. And they went with him to help tell others about Jesus. And you know, that's what we do when we're friends of Jesus. We tell other people about being his friend. So to remind you of the story, I've got something for you to take away. It's not... You might want to colour in what's in the little nets. There you go. Thank you. Ah, there's fish in the net. There you go. And that'll remind you, won't it? So that'll remind you about that story. And we're going to sing another song. We're going to sing from the hymn book. But listen first. I'm going to read you the words. And it says, When Jesus saw the fishermen, in boats upon the sea, he called to them, come leave your nets and follow, follow me. They followed where he healed the sick and gave the hungry bread. The others joined them as they went, wherever Jesus led. And now his friends are everywhere. The circle, once so small, extends around the whole wide world, for Jesus calls us all. In this great circle, we belong, wherever we may be. And if we answer when he calls, come follow, follow me. So could you try and sing that hymn? It's a nice hymn, I like it. So it's hymn number 340, When Jesus Saw the Fisherman. Okay. and the committee meeting is on Tuesday evening. The Guild have asked me too to thank Alan and the choir for the most enjoyable afternoon that they had last week. So that was lovely to hear. The Friendly Hour meets this Tuesday at two o'clock. Exercise classes has resumed. I think most things are now back to meeting in person, which is just wonderful. And you have a a separate sheet to tell you all about the washing line appeal and that is just really nice that we've had a letter from the council's housing advice centre to support the homeless of the town 
and that is there thanking us for our kindness and for thinking of supporting our clients. And what a wonderful tally of socks, hats, scarves, gloves and polo shirts. So many thanks to everyone who hung items on the washing line, either here in the building at Cossyside or in the outreach centre. I have one final intimation and it is with sadness that I intimate the death of one of our members, Betty Burns. Betty's funeral will take place here in St George's on Thursday the 10th of February at 12.15 and then to Woodside Cemetery. So it goes on to Woodside Cemetery and I ask that you please keep Betty's family in your prayers. And these are all our intimations. So we turn now to our scripture readings and this morning these will be read for us by Stephen Drennan and Stephen is one of our two deputy session clerks. So thank you Stephen. Good morning. Our first reading from the Old Testament is taken from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, reading from verse 1 to verse 8, the calling of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the skirt of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were in attendance on him, each had six wings. With one pair of wings they covered their faces, and with one, with another their bodies, and with a third pair they flew. They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. As each called, the threshold shook to its foundation at the sound, while the house began to fill with clouds of smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, I am doomed, for my own eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I, a man of unclean lips, I who dwell among a people of unclean lips. One of the seraphim flew, over, flew to me, carrying in his hand a glowing coal, which he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, This has touched your lips. Now your iniquity is removed and your sin is wiped out. I heard the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here am I, send me. Our New Testament reading is from Luke, Luke chapter 5, reading from verse 1 to 11. One day, as he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, with people crowding in on him to listen to the word of God, he noticed two boats lying at the water's edge. The fishermen had come ashore and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he went on teaching the crowds as he sat in the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we were hard at work all night and caught nothing. But if you say so, I will let down the nets. They did so and made such a huge catch of fish that their nets began to split. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and loaded both boats to the point of sinking. When Simon saw what had happened, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go, Lord, leave me, sinner that I am. For he and all his companions were amazed at the catch they had made. So too, so too were his partners, James and John, Zebedee's son. Do not be afraid, said Jesus to Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. As soon as they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Amen. And may God add his blessing to these readings of his holy word. We now continue by singing the hymn, Will You Come and Follow Me? Hymn 533.
This morning, in our Old Testament reading, we hear of God calling Isaiah. Isaiah recognizes that he is a sinful man, and in his own words, yet with my own eyes I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. We go on to hear of Isaiah's guilt being gone and his sins forgiven. Then Isaiah heard the Lord say, whom shall I send? Who will be our messenger? And Isaiah's response, I will go, send me. And in the gospel, we hear of Jesus meeting the fishermen along the shore and the miracle of the nets full of fish. We also hear of Simon Peter's confession, I am a sinful man. And those whom Jesus called to his side are not exactly whom we might expect. Let's not do a disservice to fishermen, but fishermen, Peter, James and John were ordinary fishermen. But fishing, well, it was and is hard work. Out every night, in those days, throwing nets by hand. It requires patience, persistence and stamina. And let's be in no doubt, it is still a dangerous job. And perhaps these were the skills Jesus was looking for. Hardworking, ordinary people who had patience. None of them that day would have expected Jesus to single them out for a special task. Who, me? says Peter. So Jesus, as Jesus always does and always did, showed them and talked to them about things that they could understand. Fish, nets, boats. And we know the end of the story. We know about the ordinary folk who got caught up in God's story, who went on to do extraordinary things. And then as his team grows, his team includes tax collectors and even someone who eventually betrays him. And the path that these people travel is far from smooth. And for me, this says that Jesus can use anyone and everyone. Jesus can and does use anyone and everyone for we can all be part of his family, his team. And when Jesus came into the world, he was crucified and he rose from the dead. He did so to ensure the forgiveness of our sins. And so when we recognise Jesus as the Son of God, when we reach out to his outstretched hands, we're changed. We're changed by the love of Jesus. And for some of us, that recognition and change can be sudden, mind-blowing. For others, gradual, but still life-changing. But because Jesus loves us, our ordinary everyday lives can be transformed. And each one of us is loved by God. Each one of us is called by God, called to follow, called to serve. And as we follow, as we serve, we don't do it alone. We are supported and loved by Jesus Christ and our faith is nurtured by others. Sometimes those that you might expect sometimes not. And what I thought I would like to do with this morning is to share with you some of the people whose faith has stayed with me over the years of my life. People who have quietly proclaimed and shared their faith. The people who, if you like, have helped me to follow Jesus. People who follow Jesus and who've helped me to follow him. And maybe as I reflect on these people, you might like to think of all who have led you on your faith journey, who have helped you to follow Jesus to where you are just now, to where we are just now, and maybe even to think, what's he calling me to do next? Where does he want me to go next? What does he want me to do? But let me share with you a fair wee bit, I suppose, of my faith journey. Like many folks sitting here, I was baptised as an infant so that was a decision made for me by my parents. And then when I was about three, I was taken to Sunday school. Like many men, my dad worked most Sunday mornings and I had a wee brother and the church didn't have a creche. So it was one of the Sunday school teachers who lived nearby who took me to Sunday school. And at Sunday school, like the youngsters today, I learned about many of the biblical characters and their faith. And as we know, in the New Testament, stories of faith abound. And then, as I grew older in Greenock, I went to the girls' brigade. And then, as now, scripture played a part in the evenings. 
And from my girls' brigade time, I particularly remember the story of Jairus' daughter. Remember, Jairus came to Jesus looking for help because his daughter was sick. But before Jesus had reached the house, the news came that the wee girl had died. And Jesus turned to, to Jairus and said to him, don't be afraid, just believe. So there's lots of stories that we will have from our childhood and through all of our lives that remind us of just what Jesus can and do and does do. Don't be afraid, just believe. And then I suppose it was during my teenage years that I first experienced the Women's Guild as it was then. Now, like most guilds, the guild held a sale of work in November with a tea room. What guild event is not accompanied by tea? Well, the tea room was upstairs and the kitchen was downstairs. And maybe some of the guild members weren't quite as fit as they had been. Maybe they were a wee bit older. But I got roped in to help carry the trays up and down those stairs. Dirty dishes down, clean dishes up. And that made me think how important it is when we involve our young people in doing things that, and not just our young people, people need to be doing a job that actually needs to be done, not helping in some contrived way. So if you want to involve people in doing things, it has to be, if you like, a real job. And on that same theme, the minister of the church encouraged me to read the Bible in church. And then thinking of reading my Bible, I remember a teacher at the high school, a Mr. McCary. Mr. McCary ran the Scripture Union. And one day he read a passage from the New Testament, from a new translation, the Good News Bible. I asked him about this translation and asked if he could get me a copy. Well, not only did he get me a copy, he wouldn't take the money for it. And that little New Testament still sits on my shelf today. And it's fairly well worn. But through the influence of many people who were prepared to share their faith with me, I made my proclamation of faith. I joined the church when I was 18. I went on to university, started teaching, and I married Jim when I was 23. And our older daughter was born just over two years later. Now, like many newlyweds, during our early years of marriage, of married life, Cooking, cleaning, shopping, working crowded in, and church attendance got less. We really weren't going to church. We moved house from Renfrew to Inshinnan. And one day during the summer, I was pushing the big pram along the pavement. Remember the nice big high prams? So there I was, and two young ladies came up to me, Alice and Sheena. And Alice and Sheena spoke to me about the young women's group in Inshinnan. If you like, they proclaimed their faith. And through that chance meeting, my faith was rekindled. So what I'm really saying at this point is that each one of us has the opportunity to proclaim our faith in different ways and in different times. And when we speak to people, none of us know what that chance meeting, what those few words might eventually lead to. I could tell you of a phone call I took last year from a gentleman who was looking for the former minister of Stowbray and I spoke to this gentleman at length and he was wanting to contact Robert because Robert had spoken to him in the bus and listened to him and how important it is that we hear people no matter where we are because we might not think that we have the faith or the ability to proclaim it in the way in which other people have but all we need to do is to trust in God and to have faith in him. So going back to Inshinnan and the two young ladies who invited me to the young women's group, they got me back on track. So that when our second daughter was born, Jim and I talked about this at length and decided that if we were going to have this daughter baptised, we needed to ensure that we kept our baptismal vows. And so we transferred our lines to Inshinnan and began to attend church regularly. A year or so later, I'm sitting in the pew when the then minister, Alan Mathers, appealed for Sunday school teachers. And because I'd been a school teacher, I thought, well, this is something I could do. Very quickly, I found myself not just a Sunday school teacher, but running one of the departments and eventually superintendent. 
And then at this time, the Sunday school would take on the job, if you like, of doing the closing service for the Sunday school. So I got my first taste of leading worship. I was ordained an elder in November 1990. By 2002, I was back teaching full-time. Our daughters had grown up. Both my parents had died. And so when the minister, Marlon McLean, spoke about a worship leaders course being run by Paisley Presbytery, I thought, hmm, this is something I can do. So I went along to the training in Calder Church in Uplamour. And it was really good to meet with and work alongside other people from different churches within Presbytery. At the end of the training, we had to lead worship in our home church and be assessed by a visiting minister, and I think it was two elders. I was a wee bit naive and a wee bit foolish because that Sunday early in 2003 was the first time I had ever preached from the pulpit. Hmm. But for me, the biggest surprise was the silence because I was well used to speaking to youngsters. And when you talk to youngsters, you don't often get silence. But when you talk to folk in church, well, you do quite often. Maybe not so much now as you used to, but you do. It was decided I'd done all right, and so I became a worship leader. I was able to take services in Inshinan, and gradually, and I have to be totally honest here, really reluctantly, I felt that God was calling me to serve him further in this way. By the time I really acknowledged this, and maybe it was deliberate, I don't know. I was too old to begin to train for full-time ministry. So I began to make inquiries about training as a reader. I found out that I would have to go to an inquirers conference, and I did this in June 2006. And it was at that conference that I learned of what was then the auxiliary ministry. And after a short time of reflection and discussion with Jim, I realized that this was for me. This was what God was calling me to. I then began spending six months at Well Park Midkirk in Greenock, working alongside Alan Sorensen. And I was really fortunate to be working with Alan because Alan allowed me to gain as much experience as possible. And perhaps even a wee bit more than I should have done at that stage, but he encouraged me and supported me. I went to an assessment conference. Now, I went to an assessment conference as a woman who had tried to get promotion in schools and had failed at every interview I had ever had. Short 20-minute interview, no chance. So here I was going away for an assessment conference from Friday lunchtime to Sunday lunchtime with lots of interviews, lots of meetings, lots of assessments, all designed to assess people's suitability for ministry. So I completed that weekend, and I think the week that followed was one of the longest as I waited alongside the new friends that I had made for the letter to arrive. This duly arrived, and I had been successful. So after that, followed three years of distance learning at Aberdeen University, together with church placements. And during that time, I was so fortunate in the support that I had, both from friends and family, and from folks in so many different churches. I finished my studies. A year was spent at Houston and Kalalan before I was ordained in October 2011. And since then, well, I spent a few months at Bishopton as part of the ministry team there before going to Lochwinach as a locum. After this, I spent almost five years serving God as part of the team at Martyr Sandiford. Then I had a few months off before coming to Stowbray as locum and interim moderator in March 2019. And as we all know, I continued on after the union with Glenburn to be with Paisley St George's. And where God will lead me next, I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know where. Like all of us, we trust him that he will lead us. He will put us where he wants us to be. And if by chance we are so strong-willed that we end up in the wrong, not maybe God's place, God will still use us. God will use us wherever we are. For each one of us is called to follow Jesus and to serve him in the world. Each one of us is called to share the good news with others. And we can do that in the simplest of ways, all because of the love of God. 
I take, I go back to where I started to follow Christ again, to being that chance meeting, walking down the street in Inshinan. Each one of us has the chance to say to someone over the next few weeks and months, do you know we're back in church? We're back worshipping. The guild's back on. Why don't you come along? I'll come, and I'll come with you. I'll sit beside you. We can all do that. And by doing that, God will help us to proclaim our faith in our living Lord. So let's pray. Lord God, help us to hear you when you call. When you call, come follow. Whom will I send? Help us to answer. Here I am, Lord. Send me and help us to be open to going and serving wherever you wish. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Saviour. Amen. We're going to worship God and in a way dedicate ourselves once again to God in hymn 251, I the Lord of sea and sky, hymn 251.
our anthem will be sung and during the singing of the anthem our offering will be brought forward. will now be led for us by one of our elders, Stephen Brotherston. Let us pray. Let us come together in our prayers for others. Lord, as we watch on our TV screens, we hear about the cost of living going up and we ask you to be with the people on a lower income, have mercy on them and give them comfort as they will receive their help and the support they badly need. In our prayers, let us remember the homeless, especially at this time in the last few days as the rain is heavier and the winds are getting stronger. Have mercy on them and we pray they find shelter. As COVID is still with us at home and throughout the world, we tend to forget others who are suffering. Forgive us. At home, we pray for the people who we tend to forget, the grieving, the sick, and who are at home or in a hospital bed. Lord, we ask you to be with the vulnerable as well as the lonely. Bless them. We thank the Holy Spirit who gives us friends and family and the strength to show us love and to support us. We pray for others who care for the vulnerable in our society and we ask the Holy Spirit to continue to be with them in everything they do. We ask these prayers for others in our Lord's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Let's dedicate our offerings. Lord, we have laid these offerings on the table before you, offerings made from our lives and our pensions and our earnings, because you have blessed us with so much. May these offerings be used to help bless others. And with these gifts of money, we offer you ourselves. We say, here I am, Lord, send me in Jesus' name. Amen. We close our service of worship this morning by singing hymn 249. We have heard a joyful sound, Jesus saves. Hymn 249.
And now let us go from here to love and serve the Lord and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all whom you love this day and forevermore. <laughs>